It's Friday then, it's Saturday, Sunday. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 93 of The Locker Room. As always, I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus. We have a great show for you today with our guest, Andy Adler from PIX11. Uh, very awesome. So nice, honestly, like the sweetest woman on the planet. So uh, very excited to share that interview with you guys. I'm here with a, a packed crowd today. We got five out of the six on the show today. We got Al Addis, Cappy, Brett. We still don't have a fucking nickname for him. And Aspen. <laughs> like, but- so after that episode aired, I got a lot of texts or when I saw people, they're like, because I guess people had nicknames for me, but they're not like big ones. So people were like, we call you Bready or we call you Buckets or like all these things. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you do. But like no one else does. Um, so so we're still working on that. Still Brett for now. But Cappy, welcome back. It's been a while. Al, it's been a while. I feel like. What's up, fellas? How you both doing? All is good in the world. All is, all is good. We're up in uh, we're up in Boston right now, Worcester. The season's getting ready to start. We're right around the corner. We got games this weekend, so pretty pumped about that. That's why I was uh, a little absent, but we're back, and I'm so excited to bring you guys this interview. I'm so excited to see you guys. There's a lot of dicks in the room right now, but that is <laughs> completely fine with me. That's how I like it, um, but yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to have a nice conversation with the fellas today. Yeah, Laz, good to be back, man. Uh you know, I told you I've been playing softball on Tuesdays, mm-hmm. uh, got thrown out in the sixth inning of my softball game two weeks ago and I suspended myself. So I'm here now. <laughs> Why? Oh. You don't have any temper problems? No. <laughs> Wait, what, what? And I don't care about softball at all. Yeah. Know, so. You're not Wait, wait, wait. Time, 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 time out. I got to hear about this, this yeah. anger management problems in the softball situation. Um, what is this? Shit. Well, it was two weeks ago now. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was just giving the umpire just – just giving him the business for a while. Finally looked at me uh, and he said, you want to go home? I said, please send me home. He's like, all right, you're out of here. <laughs> then I went out in the seventh inning anyway, and he wouldn't, he almost called the whole game because I wouldn't get off the field. But Oh my God. So What a performance. Yeah, man. So that's I'm proud of it. I actually, I, I, I think I talked about this a couple of times that I was like an umpire for one summer and I, I understand <laughs> what umpires go through. I really do. But no, I mean that's why I don't play baseball because I suck. Well, that ump just uh, you know ended this, the San Francisco Giants season on a mischeck call, mischeck swing call. So you know it's tough, you know, especially a check swing. How are you supposed to? It happens so quickly. So I feel for umps, but I if I was a Giants fan, I would hate that guy at the same time. Brett, the number the number of guys I I don't think I can count them on one hand. The number of times in this softball league, the umpire, the single umpire has called somebody out for tagging early from third base. Please don't make that call in my (laughs) softball game. I want to, I want to actually bring up something that, 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 that just got brought to my attention. But before that, we haven't heard one person's voice yet. Jake, how are we, sir? Cappy, I'm doing great, man. It's great (laughs) to have you back on the pod. Hockey season's here. I mean, this is your time, man. We're all rooting for you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but the question I was going to ask, like kind of what kind of what everyone's opinion on this, um, since we're talking about like, umpires and shit, what do you guys think is like the hardest position to be a ref in from like the major st- sports standpoint? Ooh, I feel like being a hockey ref might be the most difficult. Just think about it. you're on skates trying to make a call. The game is so fast. I, I mean, 
you know, Laz and, and you, Cap, you could speak to it maybe better than, than I could. But, like, watching every sport, I mean, there's issues with officiating and all of them. But I feel like hockey is the most challenging because, like, not only do you need to get the call right, but you need to get the call right while you're on skates. So that's not the easiest thing in the world to do either. Uh, no, I would, I would actually say hockey is the easiest. I don't think there's that many bang-bang plays. I think basketball is the hardest because little contact could be a foul. There's The guys are so big. guys are so athletic. The court is shrunk. And everything is bang, bang. Um, so I think basketball. I'm going to make a huge argument right now and just put you guys all in your place. There's a reason why NHL referees are young. Most of them are young thoroughbreds, 20s, 30s. And then you see these NFL refs, NBA refs. Most of them are all older guys. Can't even move up and down the field. Why is that? Because hockey's more for a harder sport from a ref standpoint, in my opinion. I think there's no doubt about baseball being the easiest to ump you just kind of have to stand still uh, besides that one ump, there's a lot of pressure besides the one ump who got hit in the face with the ball like a month ago did you see that the shortstop i think it was the mets threw the ball to the ump's face he wasn't looking but i mean i actually i kind of agree with brett i would say basketball because it's just like way more tedious like you literally like think about all the big time players that like everyone complains about because they get all the fucking calls like refs kind of have to be aware of that and like can't call everything. So how do you kind of distinguish the difference between like a hard foul, soft foul, whatever, like hockey, I feel like it's so obvious when there is a penalty, but NBA, like you're driving to the hoop, 99% of the plays are going to be a foul. Obvious in hockey. What? I mean, have you seen penalties are so obvious in hockey? Not always, man. There's some ticky tack stuff like the what, what you know the the cross check is is tough to interpret. You know what's interference, tripping. Sometimes guys just flop on the ice. It's being a hockey ref is not easy. I mean, I, I would I, I didn't even say football. I think football is really hard too. It is. So many. <laughs> That's players. what I was gonna say. Yeah, there's there's football. so much shit to look for in football. Yeah, Al, Al, stand up for I'm, football. Yeah. Let me. I got to. I mean, but, yeah. but here's what I'll say: is first of all, they got about twelve refs out there, so that should uh-huh. tell you something. It's pretty hard. <laughs> but on top of that, I'm pretty sure that they don't even know the rules. I mean, there's so <laughs> many penalties that are like complete judgment calls. That I mean, I've seen them call taunting for somebody getting up in somebody's face. Then two plays later, the mm-hmm. other team. The mm-hmm. offensive player gets up and makes some celebration. It's not a it's not a celebration penalty. Uh, the pass interference, the rough in the passer. I mean, they're all just like one yeah. time you think you right when you think you know it, you don't know it on the next time when they don't call it. So I don't know. I think everyone's got a fair point. Maybe we'll put out a poll and see. I think it's a valid question, to be honest with you. I think yeah, maybe is. another one would be like, which is the most like uh dangerous from a ref standpoint. You know, I think a lot of a lot of People can make a, a, a an argument for a baseball catcher behind home plate hockey as well, but I guess we'll see. I think the craziest human being on the planet is an NHL linesman because literally the defenseman just try to get the red line and take a slap shot literally in your <laughs> direction, <laughs> like yeah. around the boards. Like that's the craziest shit. But let's. I think we should transition into basketball. The Knicks play tonight. The NBA is back. I know a lot of us are big basketball fans, so we're excited about that. I do want to talk about the Ben Simmons situation because I love when professional sports are compared to like corporate America and the office and like our everyday lives. So I saw this tweet today that I wanted to read out to you guys, like in, in regards to the Ben Simmons practice situation today where he was thrown out. So for those of you who don't know, Doc Rivers asked Ben Simmons to join a defensive drill today. Simmons refused. Rivers asked again. Simmons said no again. And then Rivers told Simmons to go home and he dropped the ball and just left the gym. Like literally I tweeted it today, like straight out of a coach Carter scene. Um, but then this one guy, Nathan Chester, I don't know who he is. You guys know who that is he's verified on Twitter. Not sure, but he 
He quote tweeted it and said, I'm 100% on Team Ben at this point. Imagine being in a terrible workplace that you've made it clear that you want to leave, but not only do they keep you from leaving, they force you to show up to work and then get mad at you when you don't give it 100% nonsense. So for me, like I think this guy is completely wrong. Any like Ben Simmons tried to force his way out of the Sixers. Like they didn't force him to stay there. Like nope, they didn't. They didn't want him by any means. But he like demanded a trade, and nobody wanted to pick him up. So he kind of like screwed himself. And it's his only fallback option unless he like wants to go overseas. So like this analogy, I thought was so bad. And like compare, I just hate when people compare professional athletes to like an actual job. Like sure, they get paid and it is a job, but it's your entire life. Like people work nine to five and you go home and you can do whatever the fuck you want like this. They can't do that. Well, you're always going to find someone on Twitter, you know, a beat reporter journalist that's going to zag when everyone zigs yeah. um, because clearly, you know, Ben is, is, is being a little, he's been a little baby about this. First of all, he signed a $150 million contract, maybe 200. I forget what it was. It was a match contract. 177.2 um, five-year extension and he's the he's the creator of this poor work environment yeah. he's the one that made it an issue they yeah. wanted them back they paid him they he's the one who had a terrible playoff performance i mean it's just you, defending ben simmons is like the hardest thing to do but of course someone on twitter would find a way to do it I well there's agree. actually one other person who's defending him i don't know if you guys saw this i recently saw it uh, about an hour ago might have been on the nba uh pregame show but Kendrick Perkins was talking about and he really? played for, for Doc and he was talking about it and he said I don't know if he knew this or if he knows Doc well enough to say that he thought that Doc set Ben up for that and kind of knew where Ben was at and like kind of provoked him into the into the whole act and like again he's I know wearing I sweatpants hear- sorry to cut you off but he wore sweatpants to practice right. he had his phone in his pocket so right. yeah. I, they probably were both ass- <laughs> Look, I think this is that's that's all I'm saying is I think that it's probably a little bit more, you know, uh, there's more to the story than what we're hearing. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's this, I, I guess my question for you guys is, do you think that Ben Simmons, when does he leave Philly? Does he play any games there this year? What's, you know, I'm I a hope fantasy guy. So <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> Honestly, the only thing I, I could say about the situation is that like, none of us are in the locker room. None of us are there. Obviously we see what's reported. We see what's, you know, pictures. We, we know he's wearing sweatpants. But at the end of the day, like, we don't know what the hell's going to happen when tip-off hap- actually happens for regular season. You know what I mean? Well, um, he suspended one game. Well, no, I know that. but Lost know. a lot of money. Um, the team. But, but, but I, do, I do agree with you, Laz, and I do agree with um, most people when I, do say, when I do say that. I think he's being a little bit of a, uh, a spoiled brat. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I just, like, I, I find it, not that I ever played sports professionally, but I just find it, like, so crazy when people try to compare, like, their own job and their own workplace to being a – millionaire professional athlete like it's such a different life you know how like when a, a player comes back to their home court like i was at the the game porzingis came back and every time he touched the ball we booed and it was electric atmosphere and um, home court they're gonna do it yeah <laughs> so, yeah I, like I, yeah. I need to see it i need it yeah. to play a game i i just I, what did they announce him and i i need to see it happen so i think it's you know vegas odds are would be unlikely but i i would love to see it what if they like how much the odds would be if they booed him for them to boo him? I, no, I no, I would say the percent chance that he plays a game in Philly this year is uh, under 50%. My, I agree. my view. I mean, you guys said it, he's being a baby. Why would he go out in front of the entire fan base now to get booed? He's, uh, you know, I yeah. agree. No, I definitely agree. Um, but boys, um, NBA season is right around the corner. Nope, it started, and, and we know <laughs> what to do. We, we, we got to get to underdog fantasy. 
I mean, let's talk about it for a second. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy for big cash prizes. On Underdog Fantasy, you just draft. No need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog handles it all for you. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft a season-long basketball team, and that's it. No in-season management. They're going to give you $25 when you sign up. So just take a free shot at a $1 million grand prize in the fantasy football tournament. That's right. You can get a free $25 in bonus cash at Underdog Fantasy if you use our code LOCKA10 when you make your first deposit. I love Underdog because it's just so easy to use. The mobile app is slick. The website is user-friendly. Do what I've been doing. Go to underdogfantasy.com, join a league, draft a team, and that's it. You're good for this season. Remember, that's underdogfantasy.com in the App Store, Google Play Store. Sign up with our code LOCKA and get a free $25 in bonus cash. Um, Guys, I want to talk about fantasy football for a second. It was a crazy week, honestly, of football in general. Um, But my team especially needed a win. I was one of those teams that were kind of on the fringe, three and two, could have went three and three, could have went four and two, ended up going four and two. Thankful to my boy, Tyler Bass, kicker Buffalo Bills, was down by seven points going into the game. He came back clutch. It is the third game. Literally, he's won a game for me. The guy's been a glorified stud this year, and I'm so thankful that he's on my fantasy team. You didn't even have to sweat that one. He had it in the first half, right? Yeah, he had uh, – I was down by like 0.2 points after the first half, and I was just chilling. Now there are the, like the subtraction of points. He hit like a, that 52-yarder, and I was just like, bang, baby. We're there. We're chilling. Um, so I'm happy. I read a tweet, and I agree with it. It was like uh, – or it might not have been a tweet, but they were talking about it. They're like, if your fantasy league still has kickers, you're doing it wrong. And that is just so true to me. Wait, why? Like, it's a complete crapshoot. Fantasy itself isn't like that much of a skill game anyway. No, so I so I think it's kind of fun to root for for kickers because it's it's pretty much luck. Um so I, I get standard. what you're saying. It's standard. <laughs> you know I mean, like we're comfortable with it, but I just I like I do FanDuel. I like how there's no kicker because like yeah, I don't know who to pick. <laughs> no, no, I, I definitely agree with you guys. I was just uh I was honestly just like frustrated from the standpoint, like I didn't want to watch the game. I don't want to watch football games to root for you know field goals and kicks. Like obviously from my fantasy standpoint, I had to, but like it was a great game because I won, but it wasn't a fun game to watch. <laughs> this yeah, this football Sunday was crazy. Like every favorite won. Like it was nuts. Yeah, all, how were the all best, square picks? Boys all around. How'd everybody do? Not good. No. Nope. Well, wasn't a good week for the football. I was going to ask you guys, because I missed last week, we're talking about bets from this week. I had a bad week as well. And uh, I feel like every time I have a bad week, all my friends have a bad week. When And last week, I was actually had a great week, and all my friends had a great week. Did you guys have a good week last week? Well, it's weird, because you usually text me your picks, and you didn't send me anything this week. So, Well, I'm talking NFL. NCAA, you know, <laughs> I got that. But Yeah. Did you guys have a good NFL uh, betting week last week? Four and one. Yeah, so I feel like people – Everybody's hot. Everybody's cold. Um, you guys all lost this week. I was hot in the NHL. I was like eight and one in my NHL bets. I was money. And I'm like specifically, three specifically like, NFL. Did, were you good this week? No, definitely not. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to get killed on basketball probably all year long because I already had the Nets tonight and they looked like shit. So. Yeah. Yay. All right, fellas. Let's get to a topic, a segment that people wait each and every week for. It is time. For O, F, N, if you're new to the show, O stands for once, the F stands for forever, and the N, you guessed it, it stands for never. The topic this week for O, F, N is Friday, Saturday, (laughs) and Sunday. Three days, three of people's favorite days in the week. 
So we're now going to break it down, right? Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, once, forever, never. Who wants to go first? You always <laughs> go first, dude. You got to start it off. Too, All right. That, first off. Because you change everyone's mind. That was like, 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 see, does anybody just hear when Jake, like, just described that? Like, that, like, makes me want to be like, oh, I'm so excited for once, forever, never right now. Like, I'm absolutely jazzed up right now. Um, got to get the people going. I think we need to, like, do, like, have, like, a Jake soundboard and, like, so we can be like, once, forever, <laughs> never, bang. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. All right. Go oh, ahead. Yeah. yeah, you guys make me cringe. <laughs> when, we, when, we do live, when we do live shows eventually, they'll, the crowd will be doing that with Jake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, you got the two sides. You got three sides. You're once. You're forever. You're <laughs> All right, here we go. Forever <laughs> and never. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. This is not easy because you know each of these days have a very special place in my heart. Uh, but my once here, guys. I mean, look, my once. I think has to be as much as it pains me to do it. I think my once is going to be a Friday. Um, I love, or actually, you know what? I screwed that up. As much as it pains me to do it, I think my once is going to be a Friday. And let me explain why. <laughs> Friday, as much as I love it, I have I have to give you the detailed explanation of the other ones. But just know, look, Friday night, there's some excitement. You get through the work week, and you're like, all right, here we go. Get through that work week, and it's it's Friday. It's the weekends here. There's that good energy. You know, people leave work early. You got summer Friday. You got to consider as well. So my uh, my once would be Friday. My forever, I think, would have to be Saturday because you get to Saturday and you know the next day. All right, you get all day off on Sunday, right? I mean, look, as much as I love Sunday football season and all that, that's only six months out of the year. So I'm thinking big picture here, knowing full well that I have. You know, my Saturday to go out and about. You plan your weekend around what you're doing on Saturday. There's day drinking during the day. You plan your weekend around your Saturday night plans. I can't get rid of Saturday. Saturday's got to be my forever. And then by default, Sunday's my never, which pains me because I love football. But I'm just thinking big picture here. I'm thinking, you know, throughout the course of the year, not just half the year. So for those reasons, it kills me to do it. But my never is Sunday. I hope I explained that well because I love yeah. all these days. But that's the way I kind of internalized it in my head. That's why you I go first. Your children. Well said, Jake. Well said. Well thought out, like always. Um, I'm going to follow that up with a nice, short, simple um, explanation and answer. Um, am I never going to start off with Friday? Good old Friday. You know, a lot of people still work on Fridays. And we're thinking about the whole day here, not just the night part of that day. Um, and Fridays for me is most likely hockey days, which I love playing hockey. Don't get me wrong, but you know, I don't have any spare time to go out or, you know, spend with my friends regardless. Um, but with that being said, I'm going to go my once with Saturdays because I still got that Saturday night hockey because, you know, we always have the back-to-backs Friday night, Saturday night and Saturday nights usually when we go out after with the team, we're usually off Sundays. So that's Saturday night's usually a big night. And honestly, I like Saturdays, you know, just a nice dinner with the girlfriend, with court, you know, regardless, Saturdays are beautiful nights and Sundays are definitely going to be my forever because I feel like there's nothing better than a Sunday fun day with football on. You got the mimosas, you got the brunch if you want to (laughs) on Sunday. There's just so many possibilities for Sunday. Yeah, you got to work Monday. That's all right. You're going to brunch regardless. Um, I feel like just Sunday just has so many possibilities. And even if, you know, you have work on Monday, your Sunday is just always going to be there. Um, so Sunday's going to be my forever. I got to chime in and tell a funny story about my friend, Henry, Henry. I I mean, I've referred to him a couple of times this podcast, but Henry sent us a Snapchat. He's my high school friend said, uh, 
don't let Monday ruin your Sunday. He sends a picture of beer at a bar. Next morning, he sends us a Snapchat. So fucking hungover, can't go to work. <laughs> like, 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 literally, the Sunday ruined the Monday, like the opposite way that he meant. Yeah. That, well, I know? think uh, I think Henry will, <laughs> will agree with my answers. Then I feel like he's a big Sunday guy. But go yeah. ahead, Lars. Go with yours. Sure. Yeah, I'll go. Honestly, I had the same thought process as Asman. I was like, as much as I love football Sundays, you got to think all year round. Like in the summer, Sundays usually I'm spending the weekend out at Ellie's out east and i'm driving back two hours hungover in the car and sundays fucking suck so that's half the year but uh you know aside from football being on as much as i love football i always just feel like my worst version of myself on sundays unless i like go up big in betting most of the times i just feel like fat hungover because i ate so much food and, and drank from the night before and then i just lose money so it's like the worst feeling ever so i hate sundays it's- it's Sunday scaries you're thinking of. Yeah. yeah Sunday scaries. Can I ask you something though too, Laz? In college, yeah. was it different? Because college Sundays were like the one of the best days too, from in my standpoint. College definitely different. Um, I, I still don't know. I, I still might toss Sundays in college. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, understandable. Yeah. So for me, I'm I'm going, I'm going once Friday night. I think that's what Jake said, right? Once Friday night, mm-hmm. because. You know, like like you guys said, like being in an office on Friday, like you just feel great the entire day knowing that, you know, you're going to have fun tonight and it's just going to lead to more fun tomorrow and the next day. So like Fridays are great. So I'll go one big Friday night with my friends and with you guys and having beers and all that. And then Saturday is just the best day of the week. It's just so obvious. Like and you have your football on Saturday if you like if you like college football. So like you get your football fix on Saturdays. I, I just think Saturday is the, literally the best day and anything's possible on Saturdays, you know. Anything is possible. Sorry. I'll Kevin take it Garnett? from here. <laughs> oh, that's a, yeah, like Kevin Garnett. Anything is, you know what song that is, no? It, oh, it's a song? I don't, I'm on a, boat. Uh, I'm I know on a boat. Are you sure? Yeah. I think he was just saying anything's impossible. No, no, it, no, no. <laughs> like the, the song by Lonely Island where they remix, everybody look at me because I'm sailing on a boat. Uh, you know the old song I don't know. I know the, I know the song, but I don't know that lyric. Yeah, also, that's, that's another great another great quote that I heard recently. Well, not recently. I heard it for a long time, but it came up again recently. The the quote: uh, "People say nothing's impossible, but I do nothing every day." I mean, it's so funny. It's a great quote. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a great quote. <laughs> also, Friday. There's that Friday feeling that we got to talk about. It. You know, that's yeah. it's like when you're getting done with work, as you talked about last, leaving the office, and it's like, all right, that Friday feeling. Here we go. There's mm-hmm. that. There's that excitement. Everyone's in a better mood on Friday. I can't yeah. trade that for six months of of the greatness of during the day on Sunday. Cause you're right. You get the Sunday night, you got the Sunday scaries that people don't like to deal with. So I think by default, Sunday has got to be, you know, the day that we're looking on the outside. Agreed. Al disagree. Okay. First of all, <laughs> let me just lock this in. This ain't favorite, second favorite and least favorite. This is once forever. Never. So I only got one of these. I'm choosing my Sunday to be one football Sunday. I'm going to do it. I'm going to eat like shit and I'm going to watch football, lose a bunch of money and then I'm never going to do it again. And that sucks. That hurts me. But at least I got my football on Saturday, which I need my football fix. I'm going to make that my forever. We'll do Saturday. We'll go out, uh, drink too much, and eat too much again, probably. So, you know, but hopefully I won't <laughs> get as fat because I'm not doing the Sunday thing. Uh, and then Friday, yeah, I, I'm cutting a day out of my work week, yeah, uh, which I'll take. And uh, I'm usually a little bit tired on Friday nights. My energy is not as good as Saturday. So I'll just uh, I'll cut that on out. Those are excellent points. Those are excellent points. My mind has changed a little bit. It did. Actually, it did. Al's got to go first next week then. <laughs> yeah. That's how we do it. Al takes the reins. We should do that. Whoever like has the best one 
goes first. <laughs> we, yeah, we gotta have people vote. Yeah, all all five people will vote on it. We <laughs> <laughs> literally just just be us. <laughs> Me and Max, so six. Brett, what do you got? Well, listen, you guys have hit the points. I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. The one thing I will say is Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) Mondays. Mondays are really my go-to. No, (laughs) Fridays did hit a little different when I was younger, when I was going out. I still go out. I'm still still young, but I was going out every Friday. Mm. I agree with the Friday energy. I just, maybe it's the COVID. Maybe things are a little different, but Friday's still great. But the thing you guys are missing on Sunday and I knew I would get to talk about Succession quickly. Is <laughs> when, there's a, when there's a good show, like right now it's Succession, the best show on TV. Um, Curb is coming back next Sunday. When we had Game of Thrones uh, in, into Veep, into Curb, or there was Silicon Valley, th- that hits a little bit different. Um, so I am going to go with my never, and you know, 22-year-old me would, would, couldn't believe it. But my, my Friday <laughs> is my never. My Saturday is always like you guys... Always, yeah. Like you guys said, um, it's just full day. Wake up, endless possibilities. Um, great day, and then Sunday football into shows. Uh, the Sunday series does hit. It does, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I've gotten better with it. So, but there's you know what? There's my- something nostalgic about being hungover and watching football, and you know, there's just that nostalgic feeling that everybody loves. Dude, I I literally was like telling myself last week because. Not la- oh yeah, last week I stayed home last weekend and I just felt great like going to work Monday. Like I felt like actually physically good. And I was like, wow, maybe I should just like go sober for like a month and just see how how it is. And then I was like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's a problem. I don't know. But I, just, I was just like, fuck. I just love going out. It's so fun. I love it. Um, good job on the open this week, boys. I love it. Um, I hope we get some uh some bites some on it. I hope people yeah. Some <laughs> no, honestly, I hope people hope people like the Friday Saturday Sunday. Yeah, I think they will. Um, other than that, I think we should kick it over to the interview if you guys want to. I think we got a great one ahead. Yeah. Let's, Let's send it over to Andy Adler. Picks 11. Let's do it. This girl grew up in San Diego, California, and was not bat mitzvah. She's going to have a fun story to tell us about that later, but she's a very popular sportscaster, journalist, and TV personality, and you might know her from Pix11 and One on One with Andy Adler, a very funny, cool sports show that is on the news nightly. My dad's a huge fan, and uh, he's pretty pumped for this, so without further ado, welcome to the show, Andy Adler. Andy, what's going on? Hey, guys. Thanks for the intro, and thanks for having me on. This is so great. So I do have a confession right off the bat. We were, we were DMing on Instagram and you mentioned that you had an interview with MJK and I've been trying to figure out who that is for like the last three weeks. I have no idea who you were talking about. <laughs> okay, so I thought this would be a good interview for you guys because he's a wrestler uh-huh. and um, he's, just, he's just like this like, like this Jewish kid from Long Island who's now a wrestler. And we don't do a lot of that on the show. Um, and this you know there's like basically he has all these photos of himself like bar mitzvah days and now he's kind of like this uh like uh like wrestling dude so <laughs> i thought he'd be sort of fitting into maybe fitting into kind of what you guys look for so 
Um, but yeah, that's, and I didn't think that he would come up. <laughs> I don't know too much about him, but he, he was on the show. I thought he was a fun interview. No, I, I thought it was, it was really cool that you like recommended someone, someone for us. And, you know, me being like the sports fan I was, I was like, how do I not know who she's talking about? Like, let me text all my diehard sports fan, like <laughs> sports friends, sports fans. Like, who the hell is MJK? Like, why don't I know who she's talking about? And no one could figure it out. So I okay. guess it makes sense. It's not, it's not you. By the way, it's not you. My, when my producer pitched it to me, I was like, who? Like, oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> and, then, and then I saw it was like a Jewish kid who was sort of like living his dream. And I liked the story and I was like, oh, I like it. So, and there was like photos of him, like bar mitzvah days. I'm like, yeah, book it. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, awesome. So yeah, so you're not alone. Like I, I didn't know who he was either until, <laughs> until our producer pitched it. Is it. Is it possibly MJF? Is it this kid, Max Friedman? Yeah, that's because, the kid. That's the okay. Kid. I don't know him that well, but I just looked him up. And first of all, he's jacked. He has an <laughs> awesome body. Um, he doesn't look like the typical Jewish Long Island kid. Um, but it's cool. He's from Plainview, right in between me and oh, Johnny. Wow. So I think, yeah, he'd be awesome to have on the show. So, and if he, yeah, you got, he can, uh, I should get like a 10% situation here. Yeah, I was going to say, we have to bring yeah, you on as a about. podcast, like agent or something. <laughs> maybe, maybe. What, what, what is that? Uh, how does the commission look on that? I might be interested. We'll have to talk to the higher ups. We're, we don't. We don't uh, run that department. <laughs> it's good. It's good that you guys have higher ups. It's good. But I'm curious. So I I saw. You know, I do a lot of hard digging on Wikipedia for these interviews, and I saw that you speak fluent Uh-oh. Spanish, which makes sense because you're from San Diego. But I want to know, like right off the bat, how the hell did you get to New York? Okay. Well, first of all, I speak fluent Spanish because my parents are full Jew, but also Latinos. So. Uh, so I actually spoke Spanish before I spoke English, which a lot of people are like, what, what, like, how does that even happen? And like, I don't really look like I'm going to start, you know, speaking Spanish fluently. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I speak, I speak, I speak Spanish fluently as my first language. And then, um, and then I can speak a little Hebrew, a little bit, like, really, not, not a lot, but yeah, a little bit. Katat. I don't know what that means. It's probably Hebrew. more than both of us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't like test us because I have no idea. <laughs> come on, come on. Hebrew school was my jam. Um, but yeah, so so I actually went to a Jewish school for a long time. But to answer your question, um, I ended up here for, it's, it's interesting, it's like you can only sort of connect the dots looking backwards. Um, if that makes sense. But I, I can remember the first time I came to New York, I was a kid, my grandmother brought me here and I just was like, I'm moving here. Like I'm coming here. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I, I fell in love with it. Um, and then I did an internship when I was in college and I came here uh, to work for David Letterman. And oh, wow. it was during, the, yeah, it was during 9-11. And I, um, it was a wild time to be here. And uh, I just remember being like, I just remember Dave going back on air, like after 9-11 and the way he just, he, he just, he brought like a little, this sounds totally like, I don't know, corny, but like he brought like laughter to, he was the first to come on air after 9-11. And I just mm-hmm. remember being, you know, in that room and seeing Letterman do what he does. And I just remember being like, I want to do that in New York. I want to like talk to this New York audience the way that Dave does. And I just, I just kind of, it all sort of came together in that moment being like, I'm going to move here. And I, so I always had my eye on coming to New York. Um, and 
there's nothing like New York sports fans. And I, I, and I, I, I really mean that because there's such a passion and there's such a loyalty and just, it just, and I, um, so I've been covering New York sports since 2007, which I don't know if you guys were born yet, but like, that's a long time. <laughs> How old do you think we are? <laughs> No, I'm teasing. I'm yeah. teasing. But, um, but You're yeah. being interviewed by 14-year-olds. That was a good moment for sports, those 2007, 2010. We had the Giants Super Bowl and uh, the Yankees World Series. And then, and then you got up and left. I would have thought you wanted to ride it out and, and bring us a Knicks championship. But um, So you ended up moving to L.A. What was the what was sort of – I cut you off a little, but what was the thought process of, of moving out west? So, I mean, you nailed it. It was a good time to be covering sports in New York. I came here 2007 uh, and my beat, like in these games, like the Giants, I was at Fox uh, Channel 5 at the time and those games were on Channel 5. So, uh, like, so during the Giants run, uh, they, you know, I was there for, you know, covering the games for the frozen tundra like green bay game like was supposed to be like brett Favre's last Mm -hmm. game and then you know all of that that entire run i was there in arizona for that super bowl championship game like wild right and all of it was on the station i was on so like we were doing the post-game shows for that it was insane and then of course yankees did okay in 09 as well and where's that again like i like that was an amazing amazing time and no, I, I, um, what happened was I got offered my first, my very first job um, right out of school was as a page giving, to, you know, like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen 30 Rock. Do you know, you know, you know, it's Joe, there's a character, you know, yeah. it? it's like, I've seen, uh, it, seen it, but I don't know it well. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. Okay. So there's like a character in that show um, called Kenneth and he's like a page in that and a page at NBC, basically you wear like a uniform. Like I had a tie and you give tours of the NBC lot. And you're just like, like, it's like, you're like, a, it's pretty, like, it's pretty ridiculous. Right. And that was mm-hmm. my first job on, uh, like out of school. And that was at NBC in Los Angeles. And then I worked my way like into the newsroom. And the reason why I'm telling you this, I'm not just like, the reason why I can't, I'm kind of answering your question in a very long-winded way, but <laughs> That's fine. basically I, I, I was, when I was offered a job to be an anchor for the morning show on at NBC in Los Angeles, I'm like, this is a full like circle story. Like I, this is the first, like I started as a page on that lot and they're offering me a job to go be an anchor at that station. How do I say no? And it was so, I mean, really I had the hardest time with that decision it was so it was really tough to leave new york um and and it was closer to my family and and so i i accepted the job and that's how i ended up going back to la but as you know i, I didn't i ended up coming back to new mm-hmm. york so <laughs> but yeah so that's so that's that's the uh that's the long story as to why i ended up leaving new york the first time well, you're going to leave us again at some point? What's going to happen here? Are you here forever or, or what's the deal? Are you going to head back out west? <laughs> That's a really good question. I mean, listen, I, I have found that like it's so weird. So many things that I would have planned for, like had us in mind, you know, you, you never know what happens. So I never say never. Um, mm-hmm. I love it here. I love, I love being here. It feels, it feels um, like home. 
but you know, it's at the same time, it's hard. My family is in San Diego. So it feels like, it feels super far away. You guys have your family there. So you, it's like this. So I think this is home because New York has been very good to me and I love it here. Uh, but I guess home is also like where your family is. And so it's, uh, it's never say never, um, but you know, definitely love being here. Plus, we need you here. Um, you know, it, it sort of made the rounds the last couple of days that there hasn't been a New York championship in, in over a decade now. Um, so we need you back. We need some of your good juju. Do you have a favorite New York team or kind of which team do you think could be closest to winning a championship next? Those are two different questions, two different answers. So I'm going to give you, um, I would say, okay, so closest to winning a championship, you got to go with the Nets. Although this whole Kyrie Irving thing is, is mm-hmm. interesting that broke. Are we I counting the Nets? Johnny, are we counting the Nets? I don't count as them. A, I don't as count a Nick them. fan oh, in Long Island. Oh, those are fighting words right there. Yeah. I also don't think they get it done. I don't think they do it. I don't think they win. Tell me why. Too much drama, too much going on. There's there's too much of a like background outside noise. Like you, you saw it last year. It just doesn't work when there's too many egos in a locker room. Like just my opinion. Okay, so I literally when this first all broke down and we're like, oh the big the the big three and like they all I said on air, um, because I, I think if you watch, I don't really mint words and I don't feel like like New York doesn't need like a politically correct uh sports anchor right so i just kind of said mm-hmm. i was like this is the ego project like this is like an ego experiment like let's like you, you got these guys in here and ultimately it doesn't necessarily come down to just like how much talent there is it's like how does this talent work together and yeah. how does it all gel and and i i think if you ask me who has the best chance of winning a championship i would say the nets especially on paper but that's not saying I think that necessarily they're going to take the championship this coming year because of exactly what you just said. I think mm-hmm. you make a really good point. I think it, it's a, uh, although right now, Sean Marks to his credit and also like Steve, Steve Nash, they don't have tolerance for like any of that right now. And that's why this Kyrie Irving situation uh, is, is, is today is when it broke. I don't know when, when this is going to be um, airing, but I, they decided, listen, Kyrie, you're either all in or you're all out. Like you're either playing in all the games, you're going to get vaccinated or you're out. Um, and that's sort of the Nets being like, we're not going to tolerate like any of this. And I, and I, it's interesting. Like I can, I can make an argument for both sides, um, but that's the Nets fans and that's where they are. And um, so, so, so yeah, I would say the Nets had the best chance. I wish I could say, um, but let's see also what happens with the Yankees uh, during this off season. I, I, I have, I have hope for, I have hope that baseball in New York is going to be great again. I really do. Andy, I want to make a bet with you, Uh-oh. but right, not yeah. actual, not actual money. Okay. I just, I honestly think the Knicks win a championship before the Nets do. Interesting. Okay. I, you know, it's, I, I think that, um, I think it depends on, I think Randall would massively disappointing during the playoffs but if he if he can step it up when it counts most and rose can be the guy that we've seen glimpses of and and same thing with kimba like i i i i wouldn't i wouldn't be shocked i I have hope in your team i have i have hope in in nick a lot like i Mm -hmm. i have i think there's definitely i think this team could be really really good this season i love i love him like i i think he's i think he's such a good fit for this game. Well, I, I didn't think it was going to be anytime soon, to be honest. <laughs> like, I, I don't think it's going to happen in like the next, <laughs> no, like, you know, the next three years. Yeah. So you said before the next. No, yeah. no, not 
so you said before the nets and i can i can see that but like i think yeah. like i i could see that no we're no not not uh, not this year the funny thing is i really wasn't playing i i i really don't consider brooklyn as one of the new york teams and maybe that will change in the next couple of years but it's, I mean, they are obviously a New York team, but when I was asking the question, I was thinking, is it the Knicks? Is it the Yankees? Um, is it the Islanders who, you know, are good, but you know, not really good enough to get over the hump. Um, but you know, if it'll be interesting to see if Brooklyn can sort of swing more New Yorkers um, to their side, you know, especially if they win a championship, people like to watch good basketball. Um, so I just thought it was funny cause I really, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to, you know, use fighting words. I just wasn't thinking of Brooklyn. And then I guess the second part of my question was, do you, do you have a favorite team or a favorite sport? I, I root for the players. So I have favorite players and I have favorite guys on each team that I really genuinely want to do well. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's not really, it's not necessarily like a team but I root for I root for New York teams, and I I there's certain players that I root for, and honestly, there's certain players that I'm like, yeah, I, I like you're you're not a good dude, so I don't root for you. You know, it's yeah. like they're not my children. I don't have to have like like I, I'm allowed to have favorites. You know, we won't ask about the ones you don't like. Any players in particular you like that, that you can mention? <laughs> Just whether whether you like their their playing style or you think they're they're you know good interviews. <laughs> um. You know, I think all right, if we're talking about, I mean, it depends on each team, but if we were to go through like the teams, like, I, you know, I really like Aaron Judge. I think that he, uh, he's gotten right. He just, he handles himself the right way. Um, yeah. I think he treats everyone with respect. I think that it's, um, he's gotten, you know, think about it. This guy came in here and before he really even fully delivered, people were comparing him to like Derek Jeter. But he was able to maintain some humility, and, and and more importantly, it's like like you know you see how everyone treats people in the clubhouse, and I don't mean the people who can do something for you. I mean like I think the real testament of a player or a person, just in general, it's like how do you treat people that like really can't do anything for you? And right. um, there's a few people that I put in that category. You know, I think Aaron is one of those guys. Um, I think. You know, on the Giants, it's it's such a different like it's it really. I'm trying to think of who specifically. A lot of the former players are the ones that I really genuinely like. For like I get to know a little bit better. Um, Daniel Jones seems like a good dude. I it thinks that he he got hurt this last weekend, um, but um, you know I'm, I'm trying to think of each individual team. If you if you have specific like teams, I'll like I can I can narrow it down. But but yeah, there's 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 certain players, and yeah, I mean there's and there's certain players I've been pretty vocal about that I I don't root for. You know, just go. Well, I want to touch on that. Are there any players that you just love to hate? Like like you don't have to hate their personality, but you just like <laughs> love that they're a villain and and really kind of embrace that. I'm trying to, I mean, like, okay, I'm trying to think of people who are, like, not here anymore so that if I have to get an interview, it won't be a hard <laughs> Well, they don't have to be New York athletes. Not doesn't have to be New York athletes. It could be, like, Trey Young or something you like that. Would, you know? Oh, well, sure. The, the, the shush heard around the world. Um, mm-hmm. I, okay, I went pretty hard on on Matt, on Matt Hardy. And I'll really? Why. Um, yeah, I did. I, are, you a, are you a Mets fan or a Yankees fan, by the way? We're both Mets fans, but I'm a fake one. <laughs> 
Oh, really? <laughs> like, I don't I actually care. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really love baseball that much. I just try to get into it so I can have a favorite team, but I could probably name like three players in the Mets right now. <laughs> um, I, um, that's, it's interesting. No, I, I go hard on, I went hard on when Matt Harvey was here. I just, I, I didn't feel like there were a lot of little situations that I felt like he, um, you know, after single the mile when he like doesn't show up, you know, you, you, you're getting compensated very well to do the job that so many people dream of doing. Mm-hmm. And um, I felt like, why am I missing words? He wasn't, he wasn't respecting the job. He wasn't respecting the fans. He wasn't showing up when he needed to show up. And I think he got caught up in the fame, straight up. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know him personally, and I don't know him on some, some of the players, you know, you get to know them on a, deep, like a deeper level. I don't have that with Matt Harvey. I don't know. But um, I, from what I witnessed, um, my takeaway was that he didn't, he didn't respect the game. He didn't respect the fans the way that he should in that when he was here. So, yeah, I was going to say that, 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 you know, it sort of checks out, you know, I don't know him too well, but you know, he had that injury and, and he wasn't, he, he was probably, I don't know, was he 28 at the time? He wasn't too old. And, you know, some injuries, you know, really deter guys careers. And, you know, sometimes you could attribute to how hard they, they work to come back. You don't always know, but you sort of read between the lines. He, he never came back from that injury. And, um, you know, I, I, as a Met fan, I always thought he didn't take it too. You know, I'm not saying he didn't take it too serious, but you know, there's guys who just who care more than others, and um, you know, you always want those guys on your team. Yeah, exactly. I actually wanted to ask him. I said, uh, "Would you rather be famous or content?" And he said, "Content." And I like, and I was like, "Really? Like, <laughs> really?" Because <laughs> I I feel like some some athletes have a lot of talent and they um they let all the like noise get in the way and mm-hmm. that's where things go wrong you know that's just where things go wrong and when you stop focusing on the game like Jeter always focused on the game and and that was something that you know I, I remember Derek's parents during the World Series they were like enjoy this moment right like just enjoy this time and he's he was never really able to enjoy the moment because he was always so focused on just winning and on being like that team guy, right? And um, and on the game. And I feel like that is, I always, I respect that when it doesn't become about all the other nonsense. And I'm sure there's always nonsense that we don't see, but um, I guess I guess I'm a little old school in that way that I feel like you gotta like respect the game. You gotta respect the fans more than anything. And then the fame and all the other nonsense is secondary. Well, I want to piggyback on that a little bit and kind of relate it to your life when you're on the sidelines or like, you know, courtside at an NBA game, or I don't know if you're on the glass at hockey games, I would love to see you uh, at MSG on Thursday. I'm going to the the Ranger home opener, but um, for you, how do you kind of like, you know, how do you take it all in and, and not get caught up in the moment and the pressure of being on TV and, you know, reporting to these diehard New York sports fans who, you know, let's be honest, if you fuck up on TV, they're going to let you know it. So like, how do you kind of block that out? You know, it's weird. I like, I, I kind of, and maybe I am naive in this respect, but like, I look at it as like, I'm talking to my friends. Uh-huh. Um, and I feel like I've been doing this for so long. And, you know, if, it, uh, and ultimately, like, 
you know, it's talking to my friends about one of my favorite subjects every night. And, and so it's, it's, I know that I'm fortunate to have this job. I know that I'm fortunate to have been able to keep doing it since I was 21. Um, and I feel like I, I think that that's, and so I never really think about the like pressure of it. I feel like mm-hmm. some of the other outside stuff, like, like, you know, that stuff, I, I in terms of I, the job itself never gives me pressure. Is that weird? Like the job itself no. has it's never awesome. made me anxious or, or nervous or any of that. Um, some of the other like outside factors, like I don't enjoy as much, but like the, the job itself has always felt easy. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. I so Andy, I saw you had landed exclusive interviews with Magic Johnson, A Rod, Eli Manning. You you could even look at Magic as one of your friends, as you just said. It's just talking sports with your friends. You know, I yeah, you know, I I I I know Magic initially from um, my days with the Lakers. So I, when I was at NBC in Los Angeles, I um, after that I ended up doing uh, pre and post game shows with uh, the Lakers and and. You know, I got to know Magic a little then, um, and then got to know him better. Like when he came out here, he, you know, he's he's just the uh, he's an innovator, and he's he's a great he's a great dude. So yeah, I, I would I would I would consider him um, a friend, and uh, he's just a good dude. With those big names like Magic and Eli and A Rod and Derek Cheater, do you ever feel yourself getting nervous for interviews and that you're not going to relate to them on a personal level? Because that's a huge thing. Like right now, you know, we're talking through Zoom and it's so hard to, you know, kind of feel that initial connection because we're, you know, on the computer. But um, for you, when you're like face to face, like in, you know, in front of these people who are literally like praised about in the news and in sports and in media. How do you just feel yourself never getting nervous? I mean, it's it's so much easier. I feel like to compose yourself, you know, on a phone or through a screen. But when you're right next to them in person, I feel like it's got to be so nerve wracking. That's a really interesting question. I feel like this was more like a out of my comfort zone. Really? Like answering the questions. Yeah, for sure. Me talking about myself <laughs> and me like and and the fact that we're not doing it in person and like me talking about myself like that's far more outside my comfort zone yeah. than asking questions to um, other people. And the way I look at it is like, I, you know, everyone's got like a story to tell, like whoever it is. And that's what I'm interested in. So I, I feel like um, not, not anymore. I don't, I, I can't say that. Like I feel nervous um, about that. I feel like, I more like, a, and I actually like, you know, I'm like a lot more, I'm, I'm not particularly comfortable being on this side of it. Um, <laughs> the script is flipped. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, I, I can leave and maybe I can have a little more, um, I can, I can empathize a little more with people who are on the other side of it. Cause sometimes I can ask questions and even though I'll do it with a smile, it's like not necessarily like the easiest question to answer. So wow. I'll just keep you guys in mind next time. Be like, okay, that was, that wasn't that easy, but yeah, no, I, I, um, no, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't feel nervous about it. I usually, um, there's certain people that I, um, will really enjoy talking to more so than others for sure. Mm-hmm. There's certain athletes that even if they're really nice dudes, not that interesting, right? Like you're just yeah, like, okay. Right. Like, and, and, I, and nothing is worse than that cookie cutter answer that everyone is expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it's like, you know, like, 
like I like no one wants to hear that like ultimately there's a real person behind there and like I want to know that person like I want to know that and so so there's not there's not nerves but there's definitely people who all walk away from being like yeah this person is so at this point um become a robot that it's tough to break through that and that's what I'm like I'll walk away from that interview being like that wasn't you know, other like my producers may look at it and be like, we got all those like questions in like what you had in mind. And, you know, we got and I'm like, yeah, but we didn't get to know them. And then to me, that's a failure of an interview. Yeah. We didn't really get to know them. Um, so, well, I just wanted to follow up on that cookie cutter uh, note, because, you know, with social media these days, these athletes are so aware of protecting what they say and their brands and everything is sort of, you know, protected with the agents and managers. Um, so are you seeing that cookie cutter answers more recently, you know, the, you know, just wanted to go out there and, and play my game and do what I can for the team. And, uh, you know, they sort of, you know, the interviews start younger and younger these days, they start in high school and college and they sort of are coached into this. Now, some guys break through that and, and it's refreshing here, but are you hearing that more now than you did maybe eight years ago? Yes. No, I would say that there's definitely a lot of people now with, a lot more branding in terms of like wanting their personalities out there. So there's two different like ways of looking at it. I think that um, there's a lot of people who want to get their personality out there and they want to be known and they want to make sure that they're like more than just the football player who you see on the field. Right. So they're going out of their way to like, make sure like, like I look at me and I'm going to give you something that's going to be interesting where that makes headlines. But um but yeah, I feel like I think there's and then there's a lot of people who are now protecting that um, and making sure to fit that mold. So there's two schools of thought. I think that uh, if I was managing someone, I'd be like, you be like, be careful what you say and focus on the game. Like, don't say right. anything stupid and like, just like, like focus on the game. Um, that would be my advice. As a reporter, I'm like, I don't want to talk to you if you're going to give me a boring like. Like I've had players say to me on live TV, something about one game at a time. And I'll just be like, did you, did you just say that to me? Like I've said that. I've been like, I like, don't, don't like really. Like, we've heard that before. Um, yeah. I have a cookie cutter question for you. Bring it. I'll give you a non cookie cutter answer. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I don't think that this might, uh, this might surprise you, but are you a movie fan? Yeah. I mean, I, um, I mean, yeah. And that'd be weird. I'm like, no, I hate movies. <laughs> Well, I, I have to I, ask you, I, I, I don't know if I've ever actually spoken to someone from San Diego, so I have to ask this question. The first time you saw Anchorman oh, and you heard, I already, I already know, I already know. Yeah, the first time you heard San Diego's like a whale's yeah. vagina, what the hell were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, by the way, that is not a cookie cutter. <laughs> I, I tried to trick you. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were going to say stay classy, but um, <laughs> no, I, no. I, thought, I, thought, I thought brilliant. I thought that was brilliant. Was brilliant. <laughs> I, who would have thought that this would be like something that would be quoted to me like on the regular, like, oh, you're from San Diego? Like, yeah. Um, no, I, uh, brilliant, brilliant movie. And I, I try and stay classy, San Diego, always. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like you must get that all the time. But also everyone says like San Diego is the best city in the world so I, I it's kind of surprising to me that you came here and fell in love with new york because i can't imagine a more opposite city you are so that's so true you're so right because there is nowhere like san diego it is paradise it is beautiful the people are like lovely right 
So I feel like if I was not going to be in San Diego, you were not going to be in the paradise that it was, mm-hmm. that it is, um, then you've got to get something completely different. And yeah. New York is not paradise, period. But New York is, is authentic. It is uh, everything that like, you know, the, the, that cliche, but that word energy, the mm-hmm. energy here is uh, it's true. It's true. So you, it's, it's like a totally different, you know, it's kind of like, it's, you can't, you're not going to get better than San Diego um, in that, in that realm. You're just not. Um, mm-hmm. So New York offers a completely different universe. And I do really like, again, it's a cliche with authenticity, but to me, that has always been something that like, I like and respect most in people, which is like that real, you know what you're getting. And I think that while it's, maybe a cliche when it comes to New York, but I, I feel like you people are authentic here. And I, um, tend, I tend to gravitate towards that. No. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely true. And and obviously we're both New Yorkers. So we kind of hope, we hope that you're talking about us in a sense, but um, you know, something that New York has obviously. that, <laughs> yeah, obviously <laughs> we, we know this is very tough. We're out of, you're out of your comfort zone. So we appreciate you doing this, but uh so something that New York has that San Diego doesn't have is Broadway. And I'm a big fan of Broadway. Um, and I saw you do charity work with Julianne Moore. I just saw her in, you know, the Broadway movie of Dear Evan Hansen, which, you know, is one of my favorite Broadway shows. Do you have any favorite Broadway shows that you like to go to when you're not covering sports? That's, how do you know about Julianne Moore? That's, 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 Wikipedia, I, it's a beautiful we, thing. We did deep, deep research <laughs> oh, okay. on wikipedia.com. <laughs> I was, was going to be like, um, uh, she, She's really uh, amazing. She, she's very involved in the Children's Health Fund, which is a wonderful, wonderful charity. Um, look it up, guys. Children's Health Fund. Um, they do awesome work. Uh, to answer your question about Broadway, I'll be honest. I do not take advantage of Broadway very much. I really don't um, go to shows very often, especially I, I haven't been since, since COVID. Mm. Um, so I, but what do you recommend? What's, it, what's the show? What was it again? Dear Evan Hansen, it's actually out in theaters now. She plays. Oh, Dear Evan. oh cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. No, I haven't seen that. I want to see that. I, I, I've heard it's really good. Okay, I'll have to check that out. If you're in the mood for like a like literally two and a half hours of crying, then it's the perfect movie for you. <laughs> yeah, that sounds terrible. I'm going to pass. Yeah, but just, it's great. Don't, that sounds like the worst. If you feel like crying for two hours, I'm gonna go. No, that it's a good cry. You need the it. Music's, you know? The music's amazing. Yeah, uh, it, you'll you'll be playing on Spotify all week. So yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I, all right. Then you sold me once again. I'll check it out. I'm on it. Wait, but one more thing about Julianne Moore. I was actually watching. I think she was on. Was it Jimmy Kimmel? Maybe, but she was sitting courtside at that Knicks game where someone spit on Trey Young, and she got a little spit on her. Uh, have you talked to her about that? That's so crazy. I didn't, I didn't, but she probably handled it like really like, like perfectly. Right. Like, like her face, she's probably like, like had like that poker face perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like I would imagine she probably handled that pretty well. Yeah, she, no. um, that she's guy. awesome. <laughs> that guy. That, that's what you call, what is it called? Hutzpah to bring it back to what, what you got. That's a little hutzpah right there. Okay? Yeah. Shushing, shushing New York fans at mm-hmm. the garden. No. Yeah, I, I, I went to uh, we had three playoff games. Yeah, I went to all three, and it was sort of an increasing like you know 
animosity from the crowd to Trey and, and he, and increasingly he gave it back. And I, I, I respect that. I mean, yeah, I think first great. of all, he, he brought the game, he brought the antics, you know um, and that's, you know, the Knicks haven't had a rivalry in, in years, you know, decades. I don't know. Since, yeah, decades. decades, you want to call it. <laughs> so, you know, we, we play them Christmas day. We play them a couple of times. So those are every game now versus the Hawks is something to look forward to. I totally agree. I, I, I like, I, I love when there's actually something like that. Like I, I love it. I love talking about it. I love, I love, I love it. I think it, yeah. And I like, you know, I like the fact that he had, he had the, the guts to do that. Um, mm, the chutzpah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the chutzpah guys. <laughs> yeah. I want to go back to you a little bit. And I know you hate that because like you said, you hate being on the other end, but I need to know. So, <laughs> you know, for <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm just going to keep making you uncomfortable, but, um, for you, <laughs> what's been the most rewarding and like challenging part of your journey, you know, to where you are now? Hmm. Again, a really good question. The most rewarding, I would say the most rewarding is I want to give you like a real answer, right? Cause I don't want to give you what, like a I cookie cutter answer. Yeah. You know, and I get why some, like, it's easy to just give an answer. I want to give you guys something thoughtful. I think really the most rewarding part about, the job you mean the job in in, in general you mean like just just like kind of honestly just your just your life doesn't even have to be related to the job this is about you <laughs> uh, i would say getting to do what i love and um and knowing that i had i guess set a goal and accomplished it um and corny as it sounds being able to use whatever voice that I've been given thanks to getting to do what I want to use it for really good stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's been super rewarding. Um, I think the most challenging part, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a challenge in terms of like the, the lifestyle. It's not a, not a, like, not a nine to five job, you know, <laughs> like mm. it's not, and it's all encompassing. And so that's not, always easy um it's not and um so i'd say that's probably the most challenging part was there ever a time where you thought about a different career path like maybe i'm not cut out for this or or i mean i guess you got in so young that it was almost like you know there's no turning back now or or was there ever a time where you're like man maybe i should go into retail or or be an accountant or do finance or be a lawyer like was there ever that I remember when I was first starting out and I was just trying to like get a job, right? Like, like I, I think my first job, like I mentioned was like that page job. And I was straight up wearing a tie. We had uniforms. I was giving tours. And then I got a job in Monterey, California as a report, like I was reporting out there and it was that, that town is known as, nearly dead or newly wed. And I was a child. Like I was a kid. I just got like, I, I was a page for like, you know, a couple months until like I got this job and I was doing this job and I'll tell you something. I was like, this is like not for me, right? Like I am like not loving this. I, so I quit the job mm-hmm. and there was a period in between where I was like, what do I do now? Right. Like I didn't love it there. Like, I'm like, what do I do? So, so yeah, that was, um, I remember I would like I would call news directors and they would just 
flat out just be like, like, don't call me. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I, and like, I would like, 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 it was just so like, it was so harsh and it was so, and I'm like, and, and, and like, I was like, you know, he's like making no money and like doing side jobs on the side. And uh, so I was like, all right, well, what do, what do I do? Like, do I go back to school? Like, do I like, and, and it was sort of a TikTok, like, okay, you're <laughs> only going to be able to do side jobs for so long. And so, yeah, I think uh, there definitely when I was first starting out, there were moments of like, I maybe, maybe I should, I know my parents were like, this is not like the easiest career to make it in like you know you're all right with school so why don't you consider being a lawyer like go back to school <laughs> um and ultimately just always just was like pulling me in this direction you know it just it just was like I was always sort of yeah I was always just sort of um like it, well, I don't know it just magnetically pulled to do this and I kind of believe in you gotta you gotta trust in in something right like you gotta trust in like that things happen for a reason and I kind of take I take it that way um and I take I, I don't know if you guys know that like like that Steve Jobs quote there's a quote that like always 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 stays in my mind and it's your time is limited so don't waste it living someone else's life like yeah. don't be trapped by dogma which you know, you know that you know that 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 quote mm-hmm. um you know follow your heart follow your intuition like that's what I try and do and so um it's led me here to this point yeah I mean that was I thought that was a beautiful answer honestly and, and very genuine and not cookie cutter at all so that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope I hope this is not too corny I'm like not used to getting so corny but yeah no, it's, corny. it's great and we, we know it's uh it's tough being on the other side so we, we totally understand the corniness I do it all the time when you know, I'm not that I'm interviewed all the time, but, um, you know, whenever I am, I get corny. So I understand. <laughs> well, you guys do a good job. Thank you. We do have a segment called the matzo ball minutes, kind of like a quick hitter, you know, three to four questions. So, um, you know, you can elaborate, but we do try to keep it quick hitter, but it always takes 20 minutes anyway. So, um, you know, take that any way you want. <laughs> um, but the first okay, one we so got for words, you, like, let's keep it short. Okay. Eh, you don't have to keep it so short, but then again, I don't know what I do whatever you want. It's okay. I originally had coolest sideline moment in your career. So I'm curious about that, but I'm also curious of like the coolest someone running into you on the street, recognizing you moment. Mm, okay. So, uh, coolest sideline moment. I got to say, uh, champagne on the head, uh, <laughs> 2009, uh, Mariana Rivera, Andy Pettit, the whole crew, just champagne on the head. Like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Wild, Legends right? in that dugout. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, 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 so, so, like, yeah. So that, did, I think that's got to be best. Uh, I don't know. Like, did you have goggles? Moment, but no. And it's stings. <laughs> it stings. It's like, I, <laughs> it was like, 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 I, I, like a little girl because I was like ah, like I was like oh god this is really embarrassing um I think I, I would too <laughs> it stings yeah um yeah so that that was a cool that was a cool sideline moment um I would say best moment getting recognized you know the thing about New York is like people are with like mid-sentence it's not no it's not like anyone cares like their report like you know you're you're talking to you're, you're talking about the story. You're talking to the actual celebrities. So 
when I get recognized or whatever, it's like you, it's like by great sports fans, you're like, just want to talk sports, which is mm-hmm. what I love to do anyway. So yeah. I, I would say anytime um, someone comes up to me and wants to just start talking sports, like I am down and it's, it's always just kind of, it, it's just like why I do this, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, the next one we've got, You've obviously interviewed so many big names, so many cool people. Who's somebody that you're just dying to talk to in an interview that you haven't, obviously? Um, that I haven't. Okay, Jordan. Michael Jordan. Never spoken with Michael Jordan. Yeah, I've never, I've never interviewed him. He's actually, I would say, he's actually the only one um, that I would put like in uh, of all really? the major, major superstars, uh, or Brady. I've never interviewed Brady. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, at least not like a one-on-one. So I've never done a one-on-one with Michael Jordan and I've never done a one-on-one with Brady. And I would like to do both. Same question, non-athlete. Ooh. Oh, Howard Stern. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I like that answer. That's a good one. Except except you'll I- be, uh, you know, putting him in the uncomfortable position. He's not used to answering questions, I feel like. Uh-huh. He can handle it. <laughs> I, think he- I was going to say, I think he can handle it. That's interesting. No one has ever asked me that question. I've never thought about it, but that just immediately came to my mind. And great question. That's uh, an but yeah, I'd love to interview Howard. Or I got another one. Who? David Letterman. Dave Letterman. So you would love to peop- you would love to interview people who interview people. It's kind of like what we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah, and I think I, I'd be so interested to interview Letterman just because I knew him as an intern. You know, I was like a kid mm-hmm. when I was this intern and like getting getting him coffee and stuff. So like, <laughs> you know, so um, but I'd watch him. You know, I'd watch him and, uh, like a little weirdo. Like, oh, that's how you do it. Oh, okay, that's how. Uh-huh. Um, and I'd have a lot of a lot of questions. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. Do you guys keep in touch? Yeah. No, you know? no. I oh, no. No, I, I was just, I mean, I, I was I mean, like, like, no, I was just, I, I, I don't know what you could say on this, on this, inter, on this podcast. I, I was, I was just, just like a, a schlepper. Like, like I would be, I would, I would be, I, I made a lot of friends on that internship, a lot of the um, people who worked there and it was amazing, but, um, I feel like I'd be surprised if Dave even remembers me. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure I'm sure he would recognize you, as, you know, in some way, and I'm sure he'd be like really proud to see how far you've come. Like, it's pretty cool. I'm I'm fishing for a, a headline on this one. A little uh, a little podcast clickbait. Aaron Boone stays or goes? Okay. I, I well, and say, and don't worry. We'll blast this out as breaking news. Andy Adler says <laughs> we're yeah, a huge news outlet. Oh, <laughs> ESPN's reporting today that he is coming back, uh, that that Steinbrenner likes him and blames the the players for underperforming. So that's ESPN's latest. I would say I'd be a little surprised, um, if, even given that report, if he comes back, only because this team underperformed and it was a failure of a season period. Um, and I say that, I know everyone says you don't win a championship. It's a failure. And yeah, you don't win a championship. It's a failure, but it's not just that they had the talent to do so. They, you know, they brought in coal for what? $327 million for a game. Like we saw last week and they couldn't get it done. So who do you blame? I mean, 
there's a lot of blame to go around, but ultimately I think it falls on, on the manager. I love Aaron Boone. I think he's an amazing dude. I really like him. I like him as a person very much, I think. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think prior to the ESP report, I would probably have said, I don't think he's going to be back. Um, think about Perfect. Joe Girardi. Well, they didn't bring Joe Girardi back. Right. Now I say perfect. We'll clip that. Say Andy Adler guarantees Boone is good as gone. Perfect. We got our headline. <laughs> I'm joking. So Andy, last question in the matzo ball minute. Who's your favorite Jewish athlete? Mm, okay. Are there not too oh, many to pick from? No, I got it. I got it. Um, you know, yeah, you could say Sandy Kofax, Sandy Shandy. That's basic. Um, I would, I would, I would say Gabe Adler. That's my brother. Um, really? The kid. Listen, I've got. I've got. Yeah. Plug him. Okay. Plug him. Plug him. What does he do? <laughs> he, he's. You know. He is. Um. He's a beast. The kid is like six five, six six. He's got straight up like Brandon Jacobs stats. He's like two sixty. <laughs> he's a monster, and he, he actually created his own. Um. His own like fitness situation where like clients go to him and he mm-hmm. like I send some of my like player friends to him and he's a beast and he he actually I feel like you know could have would have should have he could have been an athlete um I think maybe yeah like he could have should have would have but now he's sort of using that crazy athletic ability um to do what he does and it's all sort of like it's all based on like a Zion, Zionistic premise actually so it's very um so yeah favorite athlete Gabe Adler Gabe Adler. <laughs> is he based is he based in New York? Yeah. He's um he goes all over the place, but he's actually based in San Diego with the rest oh. of the crew. Very cool. So who are, who are the people that you sent to him before? I want to hear some names. <laughs> well, I I probably shouldn't say that because I definitely keep all that stuff like confidential, but definitely fair enough, fair one, enough. one Yankee. One Yankee, one former giant. Um, those are the two that have actually gone. Uh, others I've given, I don't know if they've actually gone, but yeah, so two two athletes have on So you have like a little recruiter in your blood. You recruit people for our yeah. podcast. You recruit people for your brother. Like, yeah, you got you got a skill there. I I know. I'm collecting. You, I'm collecting left and right. Ten percent, guys. Bring. Yeah. I'll be my next job. Um, <laughs> commissioning. Uh, yeah, I'll be an agent, guys. So if you guys and you guys do a good job, so I totally would represent you guys. We're sending the paperwork over after, but we got one more question for you before we let you go. And we'll, we'll give you like a minute to, not a minute, we can give you as much time as you want to plug anything you want. But um, before we do let you go, how has being Jewish impacted you to where you are in your career now? The Jewish community obviously is, is very tight knit. I'm not really sure, you know, if there's much of a Jewish community out in San Diego because I've never been. But um, I know you're telling us that your grandparents grew up Orthodox and I found that super interesting. And, you know, obviously there's a massive Jewish community in New York. So, you know, for you and your career, like how is you know, Judaism as, as a whole, or, you know, you don't have to be so religious, but, um, you know, just, just being Jewish, how has it impacted you in your life and how does it affect you? You know, I think being Jewish, just, it's, it's a part of who you are. It's, it goes like well beyond just the, um, the beliefs, but I think even just like the tradition, the spirit, um, I grew up with it. I grew up going to camp with that camper ma. Um, I went to a, a Jewish school for junior high um, and I think that I, I don't know if it's necessarily affected my career, but it has affected, like, it's been, it's a part of who I am. Um, mm-hmm. I love right. the tradition. I grew up with like, sh- 
Shabbos on Fridays. I love really? like making challah with my mom, who by the way is a baker. So my mom's like, like if I'm plugging things, let's like, let's do it. My <laughs> yeah, can she mail us some challah or something? <laughs> you know what? I bet. You know what? I I feel like um, I my mom would. By the way, like the best freaking challah there is. Like I'm like, down. Yeah, I need to try that. <laughs> challah yeah, French like, toast is like my favorite thing. So, oh my gosh, like the greatest ever. Mm-hmm. By the way, like good call. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, it's just like, so Judaism is, it's, it's part of who I am and it just is. And I think that's something that um, I'm very proud of. Um, and I think that that's part of why I think what you guys are doing is, is, is awesome. And you guys should be very proud as well. Thank you. That's, it's really nice. Appreciate that. Yeah. We didn't even, we didn't even touch on it. I know I was going to bring it up in the recording, but I'm curious how you heard of our podcast in the first place because you you DM'd us like saying how awesome it is that we feature Jews and I was like I had to do a double take I was like wait I I know that name who what the fuck <laughs> like, like what the hell's going on here <laughs> you know I think that anything that promotes Judaism and I think anything that promotes Judaism in a positive light mm-hmm. needs more promotion so your guys's promotion of positivity for the Jewish community needs more promotion i think that that is um anyone who knows me knows that like i believe that so um you know friends put this in my hands and i was like this is gnarly you guys have been doing good stuff and i think it's i think it's cool and anytime like sports and you know the jew crew come together like I think that's, <laughs> that's a great combination yeah, no, I mean, I, I, that's that's why we started it, right? Like, we felt that the sports community and the Jewish community was like super similar, so why not combine the two? Um, and that's kind of what we're doing. But I appreciate you saying those nice things, and we really appreciate you coming on. And you know, if you do want to plug anything, by all means, like let it let it rip. Well, no, just just my charities. You can check out uh, Children's Health Fund is a, is a really wonderful one. World of Children, really amazing. Um, so yeah, they they do really great work. So. That's is there an Instagram nice. page we could post uh, about I, it? Yeah, I mean, I can I, I can send you some information, but yeah, yeah, they have an Instagram page and they they do really great work and yeah, check out the uh, check out the the broadcast and the shows New York Blitz, New York Sports Nation, one on one with Andy Adler and the newscast and yeah, that's my those are my blogs. There you go. <laughs> um, and yeah, and, and say hello on Instagram. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get more into Instagram. I'm, I'm, uh, so I'm trying to, trying to get more into that. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll throw you a nice plug on our Instagram, obviously when we post the episode and stuff, but no, yeah. And I do want you to send over that, um, you know, charity stuff. Cause we'd obviously be happy to help out in any way we can. I appreciate it guys. And it was really, really nice to uh, chat with you guys. Thank you, Andy. This was, uh, we appreciate you stopping by and this was a lot of fun. We'll do it again. Thanks, guys, and we'll talk soon. We'll hold you to that.
Friday, then, then this Saturday, Sunday, what?